0: Take the time to call Transformations Treatment Center for the answers, 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725, or go online to transformationstreatment.center. Calling us from the New York area, we have Bill Cannon on the phone. Bill is a retired NYPD, and he's also a podcaster and, I believe, a comedian as well. Bill, thanks so much for being a guest on the Law Enforcement Day Show. Very much appreciated.
1: This is going to be a lot of fun.
0: <laughs> it's uh, something I've been wanting to do for a while. I've been aware of you guys, and quite frankly, there's just not enough time in the day to do everything that I need to
1: get done. That's for sure, Jay. You know, it's like, even when you do a podcast or you do all this radio stuff, you're spending so much time promoting it and looking at your numbers, trying to figure out how to get more people to listen to it, and it's, it's it seems like a, uh, a full-time job, you know? It is. And by the way,
0: we have a podcast network at, at Law Enforcement today. Just go to letradioshow.com, the Be Heard tab, and look for the L.E.T. podcast network. The name of Bill's podcast is Police Off the Cuff Podcast. And a very funny thing you said was that, I'll be honest with you, recording interviews for the radio and podcast takes about 10% of my time. The rest of it is all around promotion and marketing and editing and producing it just never stops
1: exactly and you know because just like you say in the police department numbers are everything <laughs> you
0: know they are and the funny thing is when i retired from police work I, I got hurt and retired young one of the first things i thought was now what am i going to do what what am i going to do with my life my time and i'm going to be so bored in the beginning i was now i would love to have some free time and be bored
1: <laughs> That's for sure. You know, you know when I used to uh, be on the police department, I I I was in homicide my last ten years. So I worked my four on and two off, and at least forty to fifty hours a month overtime. And I taught college part time. So I was like, how did I do all of that? You know what I mean?
0: And how'd you keep your 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 brain about you without losing your mind?
1: Yeah, uh, but I'm someone though that always wants to have something to do. That's why sort of this um, whole COVID thing and the lockdown has been a little bit crazy. Because I mean, one of the biggest things is I, I go to the gym every single day, and obviously the gym's been closed for the last three months, so it's not the same working out at home. I've been you know maybe taking some walks here and there, but I don't get a chance to lift weights or go on the machines at all. So it's 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 been a big adjustment. I can't wait till the gym reopens. We shall see.
0: Yeah. Well, you just you never know. The funny thing is. People said to me, like, I work in radio. My full-time job is is a, a radio guy. And I go to work, and I'm in my office. I go to the radio studio, and I'm not around a lot of people. Then I go home, and it's me and my wife, and I don't see a lot of people. And they're like, how are you doing with this? I'm like, this is right up my alley. I'm good with this. Uh, being Not being around a lot of people is perfect for me. But the funny yes. thing is, Bill, I find I need to have the socialization because as much as I find people to be annoying I've got to have them in my life because it makes me a better person.
1: You know, Jay, I said my I said that to my wife. I said because besides doing the podcast, I'm a stand up comic and I, I take acting classes and I'm always auditioning for things. Not always getting, but auditioning. Just like fishing, you know. They don't call fishing catching; they call it fishing. Same thing with acting. You, you go to a lot of auditions. And you don't get a lot of things, you know. But it's all part of the whole process you know but uh, you're right I miss that interaction I miss the socialization I miss talking to people you know
0: I've got to have people in my life and it, it's so easy when I first retired Bill I thought I wanted to live at the top of a mountain in West Virginia with security cameras and barbed wire and everything else and, and be like 30 minutes from town where right go and say hello then leave and not be around anybody and that's what I really wanted and I found out that's the worst thing in the world for me. I've got to be around people and one thing you do the acting, you do stand up comedy you mentioned that you also do a lot of auditions and you don't get the jobs well I found that police work gave me relatively thick skin has that helped you
1: with auditioning? Absolutely absolutely. because you know you're used to a lot of disappointment you're used to a lot of things not going your way No, you can't we know in life, you know, you and I didn't get this far because we were, we were stupid. That there's a lot of ups and downs, and there's a lot of losses with the with the certain amount of victories you get. You know,
0: we will but talk about some of those. Life definitely teaches you that. You you, know? s- you, you encounter everything—the good, the bad, and the ugly. And before I get into, I want to talk about your podcast. Before we get into that, I want to say this: police are some of the funniest people I have ever met in my life. If they didn't start <laughs> off that way, I think That's we
1: develop true. a
0: Thanks. dark sense of humor to deal with all the stuff we see,
1: and uh, that it
0: becomes a coping skill.
1: Absolutely. You know, so I, I, I found the same thing cops are some of the funniest people that you'll ever meet in your life, you know, that, that macabre sense of humor. Absolutely. But they're, And so there's some of the best people, the most giving yeah. people, the most generous people, you know, that I've met were cops.
0: And unless they start drinking. We'd always say, the war stories, the singing, the dancing, and then some would be crying.
1: <laughs> well, you know, something that's how it becomes an art form. Telling a war story becomes an art form from going out uh, drinking. You know, there's a, there's a famous doctor in New York City who's uh, actually a suicide doctor who, uh, you know, actually a therapist that uh, works a lot on police suicide. And I I interviewed him one day and I said, is it actually is it okay to go out with the boys and go drinking? and you know you would think a therapist might say oh no he was like absolutely you should do that yeah. that's, absolutely as long as it's not you know six nights a week he goes but that's absolutely a fine thing for you know they talk about self care and spending time with for yourself and with other people and he said absolutely you know
0: that's one of the things that we did all the time especially after really bad shifts when really bad things would happen and, and it had its benefits. I, I'm not saying it's all bad. However, if that became a chief coping mechanism, drinking alcohol all the time, the, certainly there's a lot of pitfalls and disasters to go with that. The name of your show is Police Off the Cuff Podcast. It's you and a partner. And tell us what the show's about.
1: Well, Mark DeMeo is uh, also, he's a retired NYPD detective. But more than that, he's been a comic for like 23 years. He actually was a better comic than he was a cop he's, and he still is he's a great comic but he came we had a, a show early on that where we, it was like almost like comedians driving around in cars with Jerry Seinfeld uh-huh. that him and I drove around in the car and told war stories but unfortunately uh, the company that hired us they they ran out of money after three episodes but it was a great idea so he then said why don't we try to do a podcast so about 16 months ago it was like february 9th we did our first episode and we first started um shooting it because we don't only it's not only audio it's also video uh we started shooting it in my living room at my bar and one of the ideas was to bring in great new york city cops and detectives like superstars and have them tell their stories have them tell their war stories the good the bad the ugly the the happiness the tears you know I think you maybe even interviewed Michael O'Keefe. He was one of our first guests.
0: We did. If you haven't done so already, please download our app. It's 100% free. we got versions for your Android and iPhone devices 100% free. You can download them today at our website, which is letradioshow.com. I think a short break. We'll return that conversation in just a few moments. This is Law Enforced Today's show. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
1: All too often we find ourselves getting asked where can I find other great podcasts? Do you have any suggestions? Because of this, we decided to create our own network of podcasts here on law enforcement today. You can access top
0: podcasts about law enforcement on our website and free app. Head to
1: letradioshow.com, click the be heard tab and there you will find our network link where we will continue to add podcasts from first responders and more. Remember, that's LETRadioshow.com to find out more information about law enforcement today, our podcast network, and to download our free app, LETRadioshow.com.
0: Return in conversation with Bill Cannon. He is retired NYPD detective sergeant, and he's also one of the hosts of the off the cuff podcast and he's a stand comedian by the way speaking of his podcast you can access it on our podcast network go to letradioshow.com and click the be heard tab and let podcast network it is right there bill we've been before winter break we talked about michael o'keefe who i had as a guest on the show you've had him on and the story i'll I'll let you tell more of it but, but michael got involved with it an altercation with an armed subject, and, uh, a drug dealer. And it was a life and death battle and he wound up shooting the guy and killing the guy. And that pretty much created riots and everything we see going on now. And he barely survived legally. And thank goodness he did uh, because it's it's just horrific to see these things happen and it, for lack of support from, from the politicians.
1: Well, the politics behind it back then was that uh, the mayor was David Dinkins, a Democrat, and he wanted so badly for Michael O'Keefe to get indicted and get arrested. And when it went against his way, he didn't. He was actually off. And just to go quickly go over the incident, Michael O'Keefe was in an unmarked car. Two of his partners went after a guy with a gun, and he, as they were going after that guy with a gun, he saw another guy with a gun. So he went after that guy himself, and he followed him into a building where an extremely violent altercation ensued. Kiko Garcia pulled a 9 millimeter on him, and Michael was able to draw quicker and shot him, I think, two or three times, almost at point-blank range. But this was during a a violent physical altercation. And then what happened was some people in the building said that they witnessed it and that Michael O'Keefe executed him and planted a gun on him. And these witnesses actually testified at the grand jury. But lo and behold, they were paid by a drug cartel that was operating in the 3-4 precinct. I believe this was in 1992. And um, that's what caused the Washington Heights riots, a lot of misinformation. The press, of course, poured gasoline all over it. They loved that there was three days or four days of setting uh, RMPs on fire, you know, People shooting automatic weapons in the air and at you know randomly, and it uh, you know Washington Heights burns for like three days, and then uh, eventually I think Dinkins's whole M.O. back then was to let them vent. He did that with the Crown Heights, Crown Heights riots also. So at some point they moved in and they found out that the women who testified at the grand jury admitted that they lied once they were confronted with the truth of the detectives who had interviewed them and locked them into a statement. That they totally forgot they had made. So they the DA's office wouldn't lock them up for perjury because they had already testified in the grand jury. And that's but, not that um, uncommon. Michael O'Keefe was never indicted and we know the rest of the story.
0: And he, he was a good guy. He is a good and by the way, you can listen to the episode I did with Michael on a podcast. You just go to uh, letradioshow.com and the Be Heard tab look for Law Enforcement Day podcast. And I guess it's about a year ago. He's written multiple books, and he is a a very deep thinker, and but a down to earth guy all the same.
1: Absolutely, you know. I, I he's such a good writer. I mean, I have a master's degree, but I can't write like he writes, you know. And he just has that flair for writing, you know. And I wish I could write like that because I tell some stories too, but uh, I guess I'll just have to tell my stories in the bar.
0: Well, the funny thing is you got a master's degree, which I'm very impressed about. I I majored in drinking and minored in sociology, (laughs) and I was out within a year. Uh, I did not do well with the whole books thing. But one of the things that I think is crucial is, and and I don't know how you feel about this, I, I imagine it's probably the same, what I saw in Minneapolis, every cop I've ever talked to, everyone was horrified and said, this is horrible, this is wrong, we saw a you know crime committed to our eyes. That doesn't mean that we don't believe in due process, we do, for everybody. But what I have a problem with is, why is it then okay to go ahead and destroy and deface St. Patrick's Cathedral and to, to, to screen spit bubbles in some cop's face three inches from their face in New York? It had absolutely nothing to do with Minneapolis.
1: No, I don't understand it either, Jay. I think it's really, uh, it's misdirected. And, you know, again, we also have to underline that most, and not all, but most of the protesters are peaceful. Yes. There is a small percentage, but it's it's not that small a percentage because on the one, the Tuesday night where New York went off the rails, 700 people got arrested. So it's, that's not a, a tiny percentage. And a lot of these people are organized protesters. You know, they're being paid by someone to do because they were delivering pallets of bricks into the protesting location. And they actually have it on video. Pallets of bricks being so they could throw the bricks at the cops. That's organized. It's just, we and see
0: people and it happened with- very quickly after Minneapolis. They had to be organized and planned because, look, you can't, my wife and I asked us, where do you want to go for dinner? And it's a 30-minute conversation. And we want to go into one of the places we we'll always go to. To have another part of the country erupt days after Minneapolis had to be planned.
1: Right. And then people coming from outside New York City, this one woman, she's from the Catskills, she threw a Molotov cocktail at a police car. It was like, where did that come from? You know? She's from the Catskills. <laughs> you know? Uh, she has to be part of an insurgent group, you know. But the biggest problem is that The police department, under the direction of this mayor, does not tactically address the riots by using all the tools necessary to put the riot down. They just this is sort of David Dinkins' school of riots is just let them vent, let them do what they want, and that's a dangerous precedent to set because not only do cops get hurt, but people in the community get hurt. People that somehow go into the riot zone with their cars and they're going to get attacked. So, you know, we had on our show chief of the department, Louis Anamon who's now 75 years old, but he sort of wrote the book on disorder control after the uh, Rodney King case. He studied the way other police departments all over the world respond to disorder. And he put down the Washington Heights riots and he put down the Crown Heights riots by using the tactics that he learned through his studies on how to put down a riot. But you know, we have things like helicopters. We have right. things like horses. We have things called drones. None of those things were used during this. You
0: know? and it, it, You not everything you have, every tool you have to put it down. When it comes to, protesting is one thing. I have no problem with people protesting, even if I don't agree with them. Because that's one of the rights we have. And when I say protesting, I mean peacefully protest. When you destroy property, when you light fires, when you assault police or other individuals, that's not a peaceful protest. And I don't think it should be tolerated to any degree.
1: No, absolutely not. I mean, I, when I saw the video of this lieutenant that got hit in the head with a brick, and had he not been wearing his helmet, he would have been dead. Because he got a concussion with the helmet on. So imagine he didn't have that helmet on and then one of his cops pointed the gun at the guy who did it, and de Blasio wanted him suspended.
0: I'm not surprised. We're gonna take a short break. We're talking with Bill Cannon. Bill is a retired NYPD detective sergeant. He's also a stand-up comedian and one of the hosts of Police Off the Cuff podcast. Of all the radio stations in the United States, there's only one show like ours, the Law Enforcement Today radio show. And on Facebook, there's only one official page, Do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. That's Law Enforcement Today Radio Show on Facebook. When you get there, click like and follow. This is Law Enforcement Today Show. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back.
2: Epidemic. America's public health crisis. These are all terms that describe the current problem of drug and alcohol abuse in the United States. Countless lives are lost and heartbroken families are too many to count. Transformations Treatment Center is dedicated to saving lives. Call 888-991-9725 and online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has many acclaimed treatment programs offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. And online at transformations treatment. center.
0: Return a conversation with Bill Cannon. Bill's retired NYPD detective sergeant. And he's also a stand up comedian, and he's one of the hosts of the very popular Police Off the Cuff podcast, which you can get on our website. Go to letradioshow.com. Uh, the Be Heard tab, and look for L.E.T. Podcast Network. And you can also do a Google search for police off-the-cuff podcast, and you will find it pretty much everywhere. When my grandparents immigrated from Ireland around 1930, and their family, they all settled in New York, Queens, Long Island, Northern Jersey. As a matter of fact, I was born in Northern Jersey. Uh, I was a Navy brat, so it wasn't there very, very long. But whenever we return to visit family members in New York, or the area uh, in the 70s and into the 80s it was well known you didn't dare go into Times Square especially at night uh, the subways were literally taking your life in your hands Yeah. and then New York got really good thanks to uh, a lot of hard work and sacrifice of a lot of police and now I fear Bill that it's reverting back to the 70s and 80s again
1: well you know it could take it took probably 30 years to drop crime seventy percent in the seven major crimes in New York City, which is how all police departments are judged as far as crime numbers by the you know the FBI. Except the FBI throws arson in there; they don't list arson because it doesn't happen that often. But the seven major crimes in New York City went down seventy percent. And one of the problems was in you know when David Dinkins was mayor, crime was basically out of control. And I, there was a, a case where. A young man named Brian Watkins, he was from Utah. He came to Manhattan with his family to go see the U.S. Open tennis tournament. And taking the train from Times Square, his mother was attacked by a group. And he went to his mother's aid, and they stabbed him to death. And that was the incident more than anything else, I think, that got David Dinkins unelected. Giuliani came in as the law and order mayor. And even though it was a, it was a long shot because he was a Republican... It was a perfect storm. People had had it with crime, and they wanted law and order. And Giuliani came in, I think he won by like two or three percentage points. And then they started what has been, everyone knows all across the world as the ComStat program, right? which is just tracking your crime statistics using computers and holding police commanders accountable, and tweaking where there's problems, not just immediately chopping their head off if they have a spike in crime, but... Talking about it and coming to a consensus. How can you better address this? And you get one or two chances to address it. And if you didn't address it, you would get transferred. You know, it was a very unforgiving system, but it worked. And, well, people's uh,
0: lives are on the line. That's the thing. It. We 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 talk about this, and uh, when commanders get transferred, for lack of better words, because of they're not getting any action on suppressing or decreasing violent crime in an area, the people who pay the price are the people who live in that area. They're the ones Absolutely. who... I always Absolutely. say this. In Baltimore, we had so many people that they wouldn't let their kids play out front in their front yard at the four o'clock because of all the drug gangs and the guns. Yeah. And they would be pleading, please send more police here to do more. And right. people would say, if you brought more police, then they'd say, oh, you're an occupying force and look what you're doing. And it's they'd throw in all these other elements that had nothing to do with suppressing crime.
1: Well, you know, I, we had a couple of weeks ago uh, Dr. Darren on, who's a retired NYPD lieutenant, and he's a professor at Pace University in Westchester. Really thoughtful, nice guy. He's a he's a talking head on almost all the channels now. And he used a term that I disagreed with and of over-policing an area. And I said, uh, Darren... Uh, And i'm not saying he agrees with that but he used that term i said the areas that need the most policing are of course the areas that have the most violence right you're not going to police the 19th precinct on the upper east side the same way you're going to police the 3-2 precinct in in central Harlem. they have different problems the 3-2 has shootings and murders the 19th mostly larcenies and grand larcenies and you know things like that but there's not a lot of guns in the 19th precinct so you're not going to so uh, you're not going to police them the same way, but people that live in the, like maybe in the three two might say, "Oh, a neighborhood's getting overpoliced," and that's a term that I've been hearing mostly by politicians.
0: Well, we all know that politicians serve their own interests, and it's about appearances and not being held accountable when things go bad. And a perfect example of this. Oh, by the way, I want to backtrack. The very first dead body I ever saw was on my senior school trip on the Circle Line tour in New York. There was a dead body, victim of a homicide, floating in the water. And sure. that was my first exposure. And that was 1976. And that was not uncommon back then in New York. Then you go back, fast forward to 2010, 2012. And it's, you can go almost anywhere and not have a problem. Now I can't turn on television without seeing some sort of news of increased skyrocketing violent crime in new york city and what happens in new york the rest of the country follows
1: yeah well they say when new york sneezes the rest of the country gets pneumonia yeah (laughs) right yeah no that that's absolutely true you know and i used like doing comedy i come upon a lot of young comics a lot of them live in neighborhoods that were you couldn't even go into years ago like uh, Bedford Stuyvesant. Oh, yeah. And, you know, some of these these little white comedians are living there. And I'm like, how do you get home at night? They go, I take the subway. I go, you take the subway. I was, I was sort of baffled. and But they're going to learn that you're probably not going to be able to take the subway anymore. Because the subway, when they lost, one of the big things that police used to defend the subway was when people jumped the turnstile. It was a theft of service. So the police now had search incidental to lawful arrest. So now they could search you and come up with a gun. But now that it's a civil matter, I'm not sure that they still have that search incidental to lawful arrest because it's it's a summons. And they're not uncovering these guns anymore because that law was changed.
0: And most of the people that, that jump the turnstiles are, are using that as a crime territory. They're looking for prey. Yes, absolutely. They're not there and because the they can't afford the ride. Prices, you know? It's just this sort of thing. But you can't get a politician to see that and who suffers are again are the people that that's their form of, of transportation daily to get to work right now I, I live in Florida I live in Palm Beach County and you would think that with COVID and those other things that real estate market would be depressed it is on fire right now because of people moving from New York to get away from there and I say New wow, York not I just state that. I'm talking about no, people from New York City
1: Yeah, uh, Jay that's actually happening I live in the suburbs up in Westchester And people are now fleeing the city going to Westchester, too, for that same reason.
0: And the politicians don't seem to get it. They don't seem to get... When it comes to quality of life, what happens, in, and I'll use Baltimore, where I come from, as a, as a prime example, their population's at the lowest it's been, I think, in 100 years now, uh, and the tax base leaves. People, as soon as they can afford to leave, they get out, because the schools are so bad, the crime is so bad, there's so many vacant houses, the, the, the whole system is unraveling, and you watch politicians, that are like, oh, by the way, that cop over there made a mean face to somebody.
1: I know, I know. I just can't understand that. I just really, it, it, it's baffling to me. They pick out the cop, but meanwhile, you know, more cops got hurt during these riots than, you know, and they're saying, oh, that cop knocked that girl down, you know. But she got in his face, though, you know. Well, there were certain you things. You don't want to be able to y- defend yourself.
0: We we, we had a, a basic philosophy, and that basic philosophy was you respect everyone all the time until they change the tone of the conversation, and then there's no backing down. Because you, you when you're policing in a major urban environment, and let's just say you're a post officer, you're there every day, people are watching. And if you tolerate a lot of abuse and disrespect, the next thing is gonna be a punch. Then after that's a knife or gun, and people right. will try you. So it doesn't mean you go around knocking heads, it means you have to stay on your ground, you have to call for backup, and you have to make sure that perpetrator pays for what they do. This is Law Enforcement Today's show. Hey folks, when you have a chance, Check out our Facebook page. Do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today radio show. When you get there, click like and follow. As click like and follow Law Enforcement Today radio show on Facebook. We're going to take a short break. We will be right back. <laughs> So many people ask me, how did I transition from police work to a career in radio? What did I do to become a music radio DJ? Plus, host of the syndicated Law Enforcement Today radio talk show and podcast. The answer is simple. I attended the Connecticut Schools of Broadcasting, where I learned by doing. At Connecticut Schools of Broadcasting's 11 East Coast campuses, students have learned by doing for 55 years. Radio, television, podcasting, and now coding for web development. At the Connecticut Schools of Broadcasting, students learn in months, not years. Day and evening classes are available. Connecticut Schools of Broadcasting is perfect for those graduating from high school, adults looking for new career training, first responders, and veterans too. For veterans, some or all your tuition could be covered by your VA benefits. Connecticut Schools of Broadcasting has locations in Connecticut, Florida, Georgia, Massachusetts, New Jersey, New York, and North Carolina. Connecticut Schools of Broadcasting, training in audio-video production, television, sports, podcasting, radio, and web development. What are you waiting for? Get more information. Call 800-887-2346 or online at GoCSB.com. For special offers and consideration, tell them you heard about them from Law Enforcement Today. That's 800-887-2346 and online at GoCSB.com. Again, 800-887-2346 and online at GoCSB.com. GoCSB.com. for a conversation with Bill Cannon. Bill is a retired NYPD detective sergeant and he is also a stand-up comedian and one of the hosts of the very popular Police Off the Cuff podcast, which, by the way, you can get on our website, letradioshow.com, Be Heard tab, look for L.E.T. Podcast Network or just do a Google search for Police Off the Cuff podcast and I'm sure you will find it. Uh, on Oh, there's so many different ways nowadays. One of the things that I... I'm amazed about, and we cover a lot on our, our website with news articles, I was shocked but not surprised when I read the news that New York City politicians disbanded their anti-crime unit. First of all, what is the anti-crime unit?
1: Okay, in, in New York City, every precinct, there's 75 precincts, every precinct has a, a plainclothes anti-crime unit. And it's usually two sergeants and 10 cops. And these are usually the best cops in your precinct because they get promoted into anti-crime. Not like taking a test, but just from good activity. Now, these are, these are your guys that are going to go out there. They're going to make you robbery arrests. They're going to get guns off the street. They're going to get stolen vehicles. You know, they're going to get major crimes because they have the ability to blend in with the community. They've got a, a certain level of stealthness, and they have a bit of an advantage in someone in uniform. Uniform is usually reactive. You know, anti-crime can be proactive because no one knows who they are when they're out there. And for whatever reason, Commissioner Shea, I'm sure at the behest of Mayor de Blasio, disbanded anti-crime citywide because they got in an inordinate amount of shootings as compared to uniformed police officers. Lo and behold, because they're confronting the worst of the worst. The right. course they're going to get in more shootings. But as a result of that now... And some other really horrendous moves, shootings are up like two, 300 percent in New York City right now. It's really disturbing.
0: And then behind that is, is a victim and a family. Yeah, yeah. Their and lives. Even if the they the survive, their lives are never the same. It, it, it just it astounds me that these politicians allow this to continue to happen. And they, they act as if it's not happening at all.
1: Yeah. They never talk about how many people get shot every weekend in Chicago, how many people get killed, how many people get shot and killed in Baltimore, and you know they just don't never bring that up. So apparently, that's not important, you know. Well, the
0: funny thing is, and I don't mean funny, as in haha. You, you worked homicide for a long time. Yeah, I, I was never assigned to homicide, but in, in uniform patrol as a patrol sergeant and as a post officer, we're the first ones on scene, and I remember seeing kids that I met when they were 10 and 11 years old and I was there and other cops were there and the last one with them as they took their breath and they bled out in the street because they were shot to death and usually because they got involved in the drug game and usually because they came up short on their dealer who fronted them the the, the dope and people stood around almost like it was uh, Saturday night entertainment for free
1: you know, Jay, what's so disturbing about that, and I I totally 100% agree with you, I've I seen kids 15, 16 years old with a, a hole in the back of their head, you know? Oh, he was he was blood. Oh, he was crip. You know, and you're like, what is that? You know? Yeah. And they get killed for this, defending this corner that's not worth anything because they don't own it. You know what I mean? And it's like the, the mentality of that. And no one takes the, the murder of a kid worse than I've seen a lot of guys in homicide you know, seen a 15 or 16 year old kid they take it really bad yeah. you know this kid's 15 years old he's, he's dead you know he's never coming back you know and some and of them he, were so
0: great they were they had so much potential I used to always say this if these guys who are drug dealers put that same amount of energy into a legitimate business they 'd be kings of the world. They would have have everything.
1: Yeah, we used to say that. That's true, man. If they put their energies into another direction. You know, but there is some positives in that. We, you know, part of, um, you know, the police have to get involved more in the community through positive things. Like, they have a, a boxing team now with this guy named Pat Russo, who's a retired sergeant. And he wants to put this boxing team all over the city. And he's saved a lot of kids' lives already through boxing, you know? to get them off the street, get them off the corner. Come on, come to the gym. See how tough you are, you know, and he's, he's, and he's great. Things like that, police athletic league, getting involved in sports. They used to have a wrestling program even in the city called Beat the Streets. You know, cops gotta get involved in this so the community sees we're not bad guys, you know. We just have a job to do. We have to enforce the law, but we're ready, willing, and able to give back to the community. Isn't and that we're looking how, forward to do it, in fact.
0: Isn't that how Mike Tyson got into boxing?
1: I think so. Yeah, one of those uh, PBA boxing teams. But there's this guy, Pat Russo, retired sergeant. What a gem of a guy. And he's looking to expand that program because he really, he has, he's got a son on the NYPD. He's got like two years on a job. And he can't believe what his son is going through right now.
0: And then you when know? they turn around, the first thing the, the politicians and the activists say is defund the police. So if you defund the police, all those programs go away.
1: Yeah, well, that that's the stupidest thing you could ever hear. But, you know, even sending social workers to some jobs, they're going to get a lot of dead social workers. Yeah. You know?
0: oh, yeah. And we, we worked with some great social workers, but they it's funny when they came out of college, they're new in a job, they're all gung-ho, and then we had a little bit of time on the streets. They would be behind us when it came to any kind of potentially violent situation because they knew. And it was, they, look, I'm not getting paid to get hurt.
1: No. And I mean, just for social workers to actually go into some of these housing projects, they're risking their lives just going in there. Never mind doing their job, but going in there unescorted, I don't think they're going to feel safe doing that. No, we used to have
0: so much stuff thrown at us, and I know you guys did too from the high rise projects. Uh, cinder blocks bricks, rocks, it didn't matter yeah. ba- bags they of call it
1: airmail in New York City it, it,
0: and you ran, we, we would run whatever we had to go into it, it was just uh, we could talk about that forever and as a matter of fact we'll have to have you back to talk about more of those before we run out of time though Bill I do want to change gears and talk about your podcasting, talk about your stand up comedy where can people get more information
1: well, Police Off the Cuff, was it's the product of myself and my partner, Mark DeMayo. And right now, we're on YouTube, we're on Facebook, uh, we put out our episode on Facebook. It comes out every Friday. And we're also on Law Enforcement Today, which is your site, and we're on a site that's being sponsored by the Sergeants Benevolent Association, but hopefully sponsored by private Donations and maybe some advertisers. It's called InsideBlue360.com. And Mark and I have been proud to be the voice of law enforcement via our podcast by featuring the unbelievable careers of some of the greatest detectives that ever worked for the NYPD. Uh, we did This week we have a guy named Rick Martinez who shot it out with infamous um, drug dealer Larry Davis who shot like six cops in this incident. And Rick Martinez saved the lives of three of them by going into the line of fire and actually dragging their bodies out while well, they were still alive, but dragging them out. Guys like that were highlighting their career. So cops now could see who were the best of the best, a guy named Mike Heinrichs, highest uh, decorated detective in the history of the city police department, two combat crosses, two medals of valor, and over 200 citations. I mean, these guys have stories that could be movies themselves, you know? And it, the, the, the bravest of the brave are always the most humble you know, they're very humble guys. They usually don't guys. talk a lot about and it They either. really took policing seriously, yeah. and they're, they're all heartbroken about what's happening now.
0: One of the things I've found is that the ones who talk the biggest game usually do the least amount. The ones who yeah, were really in truth? it don't talk a whole lot about it. And Because uh, the funny thing is, those who have really stood up in the line of fire, whether it be gunfight or not, don't have to prove anything to anybody. They already know and they have their own demons they deal with when it comes to that.
1: You know, absolutely. That's one of the things we even talked about on the, the podcast is that if you do X amount of years in the police department, there's no doubt you have PTSD. Yeah. Whatever form it takes, you know, whether it's a little bit of depression or sadness or whatever, nervousness, just being fearful at times, You you got it. You definitely got it and it's important to be around other people and other cops and talk about it and there's no shame to it just that you saw some of the most heinous things a human being could be subjected to, you know?
0: And there's no shortage of that. Bill, we're going to have to be back again in the future. You're a great guest. Uh, there's so many more things we can talk about. Bill Cannon is retired NYPD detective sergeant. He's also a stand comedian, and he's one of the hosts of the Police Off the Cuff podcast. Bill, thanks so much for being a guest on the Law Enforcement Today Show. Very much Jay, appreciate it. Jay, it
1: was my pleasure, and I would love to come back on. And uh, we're well, Actually, Jay, you got to plug yourself. We're having you on... Uh, Facebook Live on the um, Police Off the Cuff Live Facebook site.
0: One of the questions I get all the time is how can I show my support for law enforcement? Well, we're all busy. You probably can't go to a protest march. You probably can't go picket somewhere. But there's something very simple you can do with Facebook. When you see a post that you agree with, that you like, share it to your page. It's just that simple. Think of it this way. Facebook has about 2 billion registered users worldwide. So you can make a difference. And one of the best places to find great posts about law enforcement, our Facebook page. Do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. Click like and follow. And when you see posts that you like, you agree with, especially episodes of the radio show and podcast, be sure to share it on your social media. Again, do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. Be sure to click like and follow, and then show your support by sharing. I'd like to thank our guests so much for coming on the Law Enforcement Today Show. Got another great guest on your way next week. Don't miss it. Until then, this is John J Wiley. See ya.